Hello and welcome to Already Saturday. Welcome to Already Saturday. It's already Saturday, Nathan. Can you believe it? I can't. I tried to believe it. I've, you know, I know it's true, but it's just one of those things <laughs> where I just call me crazy, but it feels like a Tuesday to me. A oh, crazy, crazy Tuesday. It happens every week. The yeah. best part of the week rolls around and you just can't believe it. I'm still catching a bus to work. How are you this week, Nathan? I'm pretty good. My book came out this week, mm. so released a new book for all those who aren't following my Stella writing career. <laughs> this is my third book. It's called Into the Light, Into the Dark. It's 400 pages filled with crime stories, stories about cults. There's some interviews, there's some cold cases. It's all the kind of true crime stuff that I've been doing. Nothing to do with this podcast. Don't worry, we won't suddenly veer into talking about Charles Manson or anything. I do love it when you write about cults. Nathan's writing is really good. Nathan really gets into his crime writing. Fun fact about Nathan, he befriended Charles Manson's son for a story. That's how dedicated to his journalism he is. Yeah, and I just promised our listeners that we weren't going to veer into Manson talk. It took six seconds or so. so <laughs> other than this intro, we won't. So anyway, that's available from Barnes & Noble. If you would like to read my new book, please do. Into the Light, Into the Dark. I'll put links up on the Instagram, maybe. Can you link on Instagram, Phoebe? Um, not yet. That's all right. But you can find it online and you can support Nathan. Um, yeah, please do. All right. It's a mixed bag this week. Shall we get into it? I think we ought to. Okay, big news, guys. Um, we have some news to break to you. Yeah, this isn't just the news that you read online. This is news that Phoebe found through some <laughs> thorough research. <laughs> Breaking news. Um, so Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian are dating. Everybody knows this. So that's, that's not, not the breaking, breaking part. Um, but I think they might have been dating for a bit longer than they care to admit. So they say they've been dating since late 2020, is that correct? That's right. Um, but I've been watching a lot of Kardashians on the, Keeping Up With The Kardashians on the television because I have Foxtel and there's a pop-up channel at the moment and it's just streaming Keeping Up With The Kardashians 24 hours a day. Seven days a week? Seven days a week. And I might have developed a bit of an unhealthy habit of watching it all the time. Um, But in 2018, Travis Barker is on Keeping Up With The Kardashians. And I don't really think anyone has noticed this. Because why would they have? Why would they have cared? He's only on this episode, which I think is in season 16, for a few seconds. He appears for a short time. Um... But this is right around the time Kourtney Kardashian broke up with her boyfriend, French model, Younes. And I think they might have been dating for longer than they've admitted to people. What do you think, Nathan? Well, I saw the clip in question Mm -hmm. after you showed me. And it's, yeah, as you said, it's 2018. They're ice skating. So it's Uh Kim, I mean, sorry, Kourtney and a bunch of her kids and mm-hmm. it's travis and his kids mm-hmm. and they're at the ice skating rink and that's pretty dainty he doesn't say anything does he he's just kind of there and they just show him there for no reason and don't really explain it and yeah he just like waves to the camera crew and then he they just continue on with their day some of courtney's friends are there it's during a sort of difficult time in courtney's life i suppose you could say when she's sort of fighting with her family and the, and the way they're leading to this scene is that courtney says I'm trying to distance myself from my family. It's a toxic environment. And she's trying to do other things 
away from them. And when she's going through this period that she's basically fighting with her family because she, her, her contention is that she doesn't want to share a lot of her personal life on, on the, show. the show that's based around her personal life. Mm, and I guess her family sort of have, specifically Kim and Chloe, have this argument with her, or a few arguments, that is, this show is your responsibility, you've signed up for it, and your personal life is a part of that responsibility. I'd say it's the only part of the show. Mm. They're not actors. They're on there sharing their personal life. And if she's saying she doesn't want to anymore, then, I mean, join the dots, is it because she started dating a certain... Drum 182. I'm not saying they've been dating since 2018. But I am. I would say they've been dating for longer than... The official story is that they've been dating since December 2020. I, I honestly just think it might have been quite a bit longer than that because they're so full on now. Like, they get packed all the time and they're, they're hugging and kissing in the paparazzi photos and they're giving interviews where they... Like, Tra- Travis Barker did an interview where he talked about her with Drew Barrymore and... I just think from zero to a hundred is it's a it's a big escalation. But I think the main smoking gun is why on earth would Travis Barker have been <laughs> ice skating with his kids with Courtney Kardashian on camera. and her kids on camera? Yeah, like he's you don't that's not a friend thing, is it? No, you don't go sure. That sounds like the perfect thing for me. No, a drummer who needs the use of his arms. And fingers <laughs> to just go sliding around on ice. That's a, good That's point. a boyfriend thing. That. That's what you do if you're a boyfriend, a new boyfriend, trying to act cool and go, yeah, I would love to dress up in like warm clothes in the middle of California and ice skate. And... It's true. I'll tell you another thing. The whole reason that their relationship was sort of outed is because people were suspicious online that they were dating because Travis was commenting on her Instagram posts so much. Yeah, like writing fire and stuff like that. Leaving the fire emoji, Nathan. Not write, People don't write fire. fire. <laughs> 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 He's writing emoji. <laughs> um, yeah, and like leaving love heart emojis on her posts. And people actually just started to go, like, well, what is this about? And, and her people sort of defended it and went they're just friends and then like they eventually just went all right we are dating but only since the end of 2020 but people have honestly been asking about that for months and months so i'm just saying we'll put this clip on our instagram and you can tell us what you think it's all about that's breaking news from 2018 breaking news from 2018 (laughs) but we're breaking it now Mm. that's an easter egg just in time for Easter. I don't know what you call that unearthed breaking news. I'm sure there's a term for it. Should we move on? Let's move on. That's enough Kardashians for this week. Justin Bieber has released a new album today. The album is called Justice. Yeah. And Dance Act Justice are suing Justin Bieber over the album cover. It's a lot of the word just in that title, but let's move on. Yeah, so Justin Bieber has a new album called Justice, Mm -hmm. right? Justin Bieber's album cover, it's basically like Justin Bieber kneeling down and then the, like, Justice in capital letters, and then the T in the middle of Justice is like a lowercase, and it looks like a crucifix. And Justice basically are contending that this this artwork is stolen. They say it's Dude, that's my logo. Yeah, they're saying it's their font, and then they say the crucifix T 
is they, they trademark that. They call it um, a mark. I think that's what it's called. And they say that Stig they... Stigmark. They say that they trademarked it in 2008. Um, so... This is a quote that um, Justice's management sent to um, or gave to music outlet Spin. Beaver's team emailed us in May of 2020, asking to be looped in with Justice's graphic designer to discuss a logo. We tried to set up a call between Beaver's team and our designer, but the call was never completed and the conversation ended there. No one ever mentioned an album called Justice or a logo that says Justice. The first time we saw anything about it was the announcement. So that's from Justice's management team. So, so they're contending that Bieber contacted them in May 2020, mm-hmm. wanted to talk to their art director about a logo. That's right. And then nothing else happened. And then suddenly the first they knew about it was the day Bieber released news that he's putting out an album mm-hmm. called Justice. That's right. They didn't even know that the album was going to be called Justice. Same name as their band. But they claim that, that they'd had this sort of preliminary conversation about... Um, well, yeah. about a logo, and that's all that they yeah, knew. Yeah, using, using their design team, allegedly. Um, well, that's what you'd assume, isn't it? Yeah. You so, wouldn't assume that they're trying to sign off on the use of their actual logo, but... So Pitchfork broke this news that's sort of gone everywhere now, that Pitchfork say that Justice have engaged engaged lawyers and they've sent a cease and desist to Justin Bieber. They sent this cease and desist a couple of weeks ago. I've got it here. Yeah. So Let's have it. Um, so Justice trademarked its font and its logo, which they refer to as the mark. So I'm not sure if that's the T or if that's the whole thing, but regardless, they're that's, saying... It's the T. Okay. Yeah. So they're saying your use of the mark is illegal, the letter reads. You have not received permission from Justice to utilise the mark. Moreover, Bieber's work is in no way affiliated with, supported by, or sponsored by Justice. Such use, such use of the mark is not only illegal, but likely to deceive and confuse customers. Such use of the mark is not only illegal, but likely to deceive and confuse customers. And the management went on to tell Spin that it definitely did confuse customers because lots of people contacted the band, lots of their fans contacted management, contacted the band, and would just basically say, oh, we saw the news about your collaboration with Beaver. So when they the took collaboration it, yeah, because they saw the picture of Bieber crashed down and then the Justice logo above him. So what else would you expect, especially in this day and age when you got everyone working with everyone else and those kind of cross collab dance rap reggae things mm-hmm. just happen all the time. This claim from um, Justin's management that, that Bieber's team reached out to them last year. Well, I think that's the nail in the coffin, right? If it's true, allegedly. Allegedly. That's allegedly all over this. This whole episode is brought to you by the word allegedly. <laughs> so I googled Bieber just to find this story and the people also ask section. <laughs> so these are, these are the questions that people want to know about Bieber. I just googled the word Bieber as well, not even Justin Bieber. So is Justin Bieber still rich? Yes, the <laughs> yeah, answer is yeah, yes. Yeah, we can answer them for you if you like. <laughs> That's the first one. Is Justin Bieber a US citizen? I think so. I think he is. I think that's why he couldn't be kicked out that time when he peed in a bucket. The, I don't know the answer to that one. Let's say maybe. But he, he, he would have sorted it out. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's Canadian. Born Canadian. He's a citizen of the world, Bieber. Oh, I mean, H- Haley Bieber is American, so... Oh, yeah. So he's married to an American. So, yeah. yeah. He can be flying in and out. Did Justin Bieber deleted his Instagram? That's the third. <laughs> deleted. 
did Justin Bieber deleted his Instagram? <laughs> That's the third most question that people ask today. <laughs> he didn't. He's still, I looked at it today, it's still there. He might have at some point deleted his Instagram, but I don't think, I'd say he would have hit pause on it. Yeah, Guys, I, I just want to add, we don't have Google in here. We don't have any internet in here. So. No, we've soundproofed it so well that the internet doesn't work. We just have to have this all in our minds. Can you believe that? Yeah, <laughs> so we're in like a cave of 1992. <laughs> I think Mr. Biggs to be with you is just playing. Do you think we're here? We've got CDs though. Um, why is Justin Bieber famous? That's the fourth question. And I like that because I think people just assume... I don't think they're going, why is he even famous? I think they actually assume because he's just one of those all-round celebrities that he came up during Strictly Dancing or something like that. Yeah, the voice. He does seem like one of those voice stars, but yeah. he's not, right? No, no. He was discovered by Usher. Do you want to move on? Yes! <laughs> Let's move on. The next thing I want to talk about is Paris Hilton's podcast, which I love listening to. It's called This Is Paris, and Paris really talks about herself the whole time but it's really interesting to listen to have you listened to this nathan i have not i had no idea she even had a podcast i think it's really amazing that a person can have a podcast where they are just an expert on themselves and unpacking their own mythos and different stories about themselves she like fact checks all these different media reports that have happened about her over the years and it's just <laughs> so it's about like Let's talk about Paris. Well, she was kind of the first person to be famous for being famous. Like when people go, but what'd she do? Mm. Like, what'd she do? Whereas now that's just, that question isn't even asked. But mm. she was like the original Kim K, I suppose. Mm. I read a, um, I read a New York Times journalist's book about Kim Kardashian. Sorry to talk about the Kardashians again. But um, <laughs> at the... At one point in the book, he compares the sort of fall of Paris's fame and compares it with the rise of Kim Kardashian's fame because obviously they used to be best friends and colleagues. Besties. Besties. But he, he sort of puts together this narrative about Paris building herself up as this sort of unapproachable, super rich, mean girl. And Kim Kardashian as a more very, you know, very approachable, nice girl and says that Paris's mean girl attitude worked for her for a while but then people got really tired of it and and didn't like it and and it sort of became her downfall and Kim's more approachable attitude really appealed to people and that Paris sort of had to rebuild herself in a different more approachable way and um it's an inter I mean it's an interesting theory I don't know if everyone would agree with it but well I think I think that is true about the personalities Kim comes across as very warm Mm -hmm. and inviting mm -hmm. and the entire thing about her show is you know she's part of one big family and she seems really nice whereas paris was kind of untouchable and she was an ice queen and yeah you that know. you can't sit with us attitude yeah that mean girl thing as you said yeah it was part of her former sort of attitude but it's definitely not how she presents herself anymore but in this podcast she did last week, she uh, sort of unpacked this like super famous um, paparazzi photo, maybe one of the most pa famous paparazzi photos of all time, where she's in the front of a car with Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears. Do you know that photo? Now? Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows that photo, mm. but we'll put it on our Instagram just in case you don't know it. Mm. I'll put some version of it because I don't know if I'm allowed to use it, but... Um... I'll draw it for you guys. <laughs> um, that would be great. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> 
But she, yeah, she sort of explained what was happening that night because I suppose you look at that photo and you just think, oh, look at these super rich celebrities just like living it up. But she said that that was actually like a really dramatic night for her. She was out with Brittany at the Beverly Hills Hotel and then they left and they were swarmed by paparazzi and she was actually fighting with Lindsay Lohan at the time. I love the idea of Brittany in Paris and at the Beverly Hills it's Hotel. It's crazy, isn't it? It's just so crazy to think about. Yeah, and then they, they left, they were swarmed by paparazzi and the paparazzi were asking her questions about like... Did Lindsay hit you or did you hit Lindsay or something like there's some drama going on between them. And mean girl drama. And Lindsay actually dragged Lindsay Lohan into the well, mean girls drama. Lindsay approached them and, and Paris was like, why don't you ask Lindsay herself? And then Lindsay just like got in the car with them. <laughs> they all just had, like wow. put on pasted on smiles and posted the cameras and then sped away and that that was how that um that was how that happened. Paris that was on the front page of everywhere the next day, like the photo just went everywhere. And the New York Post has this iconic cover, um, which I just love, that had the words Bimbo Summit, and that was just <laughs> on the front page. Like they, the pub- they published the photo and just had Bimbo Summit. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a pretty good. You couldn't get away with that these days, I don't think. Maybe you could. Well, I think the New York Post sort of has its own style and it can sort of get away with anything. It's untouchable, yeah. I saw this collection of New York Post covers about that guy, Anthony Weiner. Do you remember that guy? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> should look that up if you want to have a chuckle. It's pretty good. Yeah, we won't get into it. Yeah. Just Google Weiner and see what happens. Paris, her most recent podcast is actually just her talking about her birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> like just a, a review of her birthday party? Yeah. It, just, she's got like an offsider host and they... Oh, right, and, like, so like someone interviews her, interviews her about her life. She says, she's like, it's literally, it's the most into it I've ever been at any party. And then... It's, it's the just... most into it I've ever been at any party. Talking about her own birthday party. Yeah. Wow. This well, is Paris Hilton. Of course she's into like, it. You know. But yeah, then she lists all the celebrities that were there. Iggy Azalea was there. So, Austin oh, yeah. Pride. And, um... Malambimbi Pride. Katie Couric was there, so... Newsreader Pride. Yep. Anchor Pride. And she was hungover and she said that she likes to eat McDonald's and Taco Bell when... Paris does. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the only two options on your hungover, isn't it? So, look, guys, that's all I have to say about that bimbo summit. That's um, your update on the bimbo summit? <laughs> and what are they meeting next? Is it 2024, the next bimbo <laughs> summit? And I believe Misha Barton has been invited this time. This podcast is out every few days, so you can bimbo summit it up. Sure. But truly, I, you know... I think it's great that she can just like has her own mythos and like she's a legend. Is it too late for us to rename this podcast the Bimbo Summit? Oh, we screwed up, didn't we? Yeah. We called it that. Oh. Uh, next, right. next. What are we doing? We've gone from Paris. We need something hard hitting now. Okay, Australia's film and TV industry are pushing Parliament to mandate streaming giants to spend some of their revenue on making Australian content. So this is from Mumbrella. Actors, crew, writers and producers are proposing the streaming platforms would have to spend up to 20% of their revenue on Australian content, including drama, documentaries and kids' content. Right. So So that's their local revenue. So basically Netflix, let's just say Netflix for this Mm -hmm. going forward because it's easier. So Netflix would have to spend 20% of their Australian... Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Amazon... Yeah. But you know, Nathan, 16 million Australians now use streaming services. 16 million? Isn't that crazy? That's most of us. Well, we've got two of us in this room and we both do, so... 
We do. I think everybody uses these now. A lot of people use them and don't watch free-to-air TV. I think that's pretty safe to say, yeah. Yeah, free-to-air TV is meant, like, there's a mandate for free-to-air TV to pay for, to create Australian content. So last year in November, there was a media reform green paper, and basically it's, like, key acknowledgement that was, was that in the past decade, streaming platforms have changed the way Australians watch TV and movies. And so I guess when you acknowledge that um, 16 million Australians are using streaming services, you've got to acknowledge that something has to change. Yeah. Think, well, free to air, they they have like 55% of their programming between 6am and midnight needs to be 55%. So most basically they have to air mostly Aussie programming, which makes sense, you know, they get to bean themselves into Australian homes you know our culture should be reflected back at us and they should be keeping the industry afloat you know it makes sense they have to have 20 hours of first run Australian docos a year which doesn't seem like much does it 20 hours but it's still 21 hour documentaries that's fair enough that's almost one a fortnight that seems doable and with first run Aussie drama they need two hours a week which is basically a half-hour episode of Home and Away a Night, so that's that's basically why soap operas exist. And they're calling for Netflix to do similar, Disney Plus to do similar, and I think it would be very helpful. I also think that Netflix have a huge reach in terms of what they promote. Like everyone, for example, everyone watching Tiger King at the same time, that was no accident. Mm -hmm. That's because it was on the front. You, you click on Netflix, you get recommended Tiger King. It tells you it's the number one show in Australia. It mm. puts it up there, front and centre for you to watch. You can't escape it. Same with that chess one. What was that called? The Queen's Gambit. The Queen's Gambit. Like, everyone watched that. That was crazy. The Crown. These are all things that are just thrust in front of us by Netflix. They basically have carte blanche to put whatever in front of the viewer that they want. So if they're doing this with Australian content, imagine the reach. I think the other thing is that our government has shown that they do have some sway with these big international powerful corporations. They've just had success with their media bargaining code, which wrangled back some control from Google and Facebook. And, you know, the Australian film and TV industry does need protection. And also, I personally fear a world where everybody for a week is just watching Tiger King and then everybody in the world is just watching The Crown and the world is just sort of this homogenised, you know, we're forced to watch these homogenised... You're living in that world. It's, it's homogenising the culture. We should have, like, more options and our government should be supporting our own industry and the government does have the power to do that so i'm all for this i think it's great well if they um, legislate it netflix aren't just going to go away they're just going to have to do it mm. you know 20 percent of their local profits will have to go back into local programming and it's not as if it's like a a charity tax mm. they get to produce australian content and yes. netflix are a production house it's they jobs. make house, house of cards they've made like numerous things the last dance they've made mm. heaps of massively successful things they're targeting as we spoke about mm. like they are the ones that actually produce this content and it works for them and it's successful for them so if they're producing australian content and it works really well on Australian TV, as if they're not going to ship it internationally, which mm. is a huge opportunity for Australian actors, producers, directors, writers, best boys, to really make something of international appeal, or if not appeal, at least like 
something that gets wide distribution, mm. worldwide distribution. Legislation is a great way to bolster and protect the arts. Someone taught me that when I was younger. I think it was a promoter or something, but they said you can sort of legislate these things. It's one of the reasons that um, a lot of bars have DJs in them all the time because there is some kind of law. I can't remember exactly how the law works, but with late night liquor licenses, I think you have to, in New South Wales, I think you have to have um, live music yeah, to I think that's obtain true. that late night liquor license. And it basically means that in Melbourne, they often have live music and in Sydney, they often have DJs, but it basically gives those artists a chance to make money. And that's a really good thing. But when that, when this, um, when this person in the music industry was pointing this out to me, they said, you know, you can legislate anything and it can help the arts. So that particular piece of legislation helps musicians. But you could also legislate something like every hotel needs to have a piece of artwork in it, which I think is another piece of legislation or it's a code or something that helps hotels get star ratings, but it also gives work to artists. Well, even with commercial radio, like imagine if one in two songs had to be Australian. It would change the entire landscape. And I think that's similar to what this Netflix deal is hoping to see happen. If Netflix was flooded with great Australian content, it would also up the ante in terms of what people expect from here. We're getting a Marvel studio. They're setting up here for five years. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Hollywood stars here. Now's the time for the Australian film and television industry to really kind of try to make a mark and really try to build itself into another Hollywood for all intents and purposes. Very exciting time. It is. Shall we move on? Let's move on. Okay, the last thing we're going to talk about this week is um, something fun. So late night host Jimmy Fallon is selling his New York City mansion and wow, what a mansion. It's always very exciting when a rich, famous person puts their enormous house. It's often the only time you get to see inside as well. Yeah. This is from realestate.com.au. The remarkable home is the result of an incredible renovation carried out over 20 years to become a three-floor unit atop the southwest corner of the historic landmarked building. Located in Manhattan's Gramercy Park neighbourhood, the nearly 465 square metre home is actually made up of a combination of four apartments across three levels. It fits six bedrooms and five full bathrooms. I read that Jimmy Fallon bought one apartment in this building and he just slowly bought all the other apartments around it. He bought the apartment upstairs and then the other apartment upstairs and he slowly took over three storeys of this building. You should see the photos. It's crazy. We'll put the photos up on our Instagram because, you know, a picture does tell at least 500 of our words. It's enormous. And it's like a rabbit warren. It's also like the Willy Wonka factory. Mm. But because it was, I, I think, all these different little pokey apartments, it's not really like sprawling. It's like a, a series of like pokey little rooms. So the thing that really caught my attention is he's... But it looks like an entire floor. Might not be an entire floor, but it looks like an entire floor is a bar, an, an Irish-looking like dingy like a dive bar, <laughs> a dive bar. not a classy bar, like not a <laughs> not a the kind of bar you have in your house where it's like a side bar and you see the rich and famous have them. And there are so many chairs in his bar. You counted them, didn't you? 
I did count them. I think I can like between twelve and fifteen <laughs> chairs that I could see. I think that you know there would be even more. And in the bar, there's like all these different seating areas. There's like couches, and then there's like stools at the bar, and then there's like a pokey little window, like love seat, I guess, sort of set up that like, and the window juts out over the street, and it's just you. Oh. You really have to look at the photos. I was more impressed by the walk-in pantry. And he's got it set up like an old 50s corner store. So that's just how he lives. He just walks in his pantry and it's just like he, like, I don't know, he's scooping up milk dods from behind the thing. And oh, I couldn't even he's got all, that. Yeah, he's got all these old signs. It's, it's crazy. He's, Is there like big things of candy in there? There's an old man behind the counter that he just hides. No, I just made that part up. But yeah, it's 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 just like it's like walking into a corner store. He's got a secret compartment under a staircase that goes into like this playroom. Americans love the like elaborate candy setups, don't they? Yeah. Like rich Americans, it's like I suppose it's a dream. I could not have that in my house. Like no. It, uh, yeah, I I can't do that. I need to have like treats that aren't very delicious <laughs> because then I'm I have one and I'm like oh that wasn't very nice. <laughs> Sultanas. Yeah, I have these marshmallows that aren't very nice. So Gluten-free marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> party time. You think Jimmy Fallon knows how to party with his <laughs> with his bar? They get him. Seeing this enormous bar in Jimmy Fallon's house reminded me of the old stories of Jimmy Fallon from like the mid twenty tens when he was. People were reporting that he was allegedly like quite a bad drinker and he used to go out in new york city every single night that's what the reports used to claim he used to go out every single night and one of his old classmates from snl said that said that they got into brawls brawl which classmate was that um Chevy horatio, Chase. horatio sands said right yeah we got in a couple of brawls that's what he told vulture in 2014 i've seen jimmy clock a few people jesus Clock, but I, don't think, I don't think it's true. I think, I just think that. I mean, maybe it's maybe. true, but they surely they'd sue him, wouldn't they? Americans love suing. Well, anyway, he's he can just have a good time in his bar with his fifteen yeah. chairs. <laughs> he can invite his friends around and clock a few of them in the comfort of his own home. But anyway, he's selling that house, isn't he? Twenty million or something. Twenty-five point one. Jeez. Australian dollars. Well, good luck, Jimmy. It's crazy. I'll pay that. If I was rich, I would, I would buy that house in New York City. I would tunnel through next door and up and stuff. I, I like that he's doing the little in, <laughs> internal worming. I think I would prefer that than living in like a sprawling mansion in Los Angeles. I think that would be better. Yeah, especially if you had like a secret under the staircase playroom. I'd like to like be really rich and live in New York City like that, and then but you could still go to the bodega and just get a three dollar sandwich, which is my favorite food. <laughs> Do you remember the movie <laughs> Richie Rich, where Macaulay Culkin just designed this house? That's what Jimmy Fallon's house looks like. It looks like a twelve-year-old kid has designed it. <laughs> it does look like yeah. That. The bedrooms are insane. The bathrooms yeah. are insane. Yeah. His wife lives there with that. Like, you can tell that she's moved in and gone all right. Let's, Let's sell. Alright, we, we all fallen down, are we? Yeah, we're done. We're and done? You know what? We're done for the week. Done so for the week. We'll leave you alone now. Follow us on Instagram at already Saturday. Thanks for listening again, guys. Subscribe to our show if you dare. 
and give us a five star rating. Six star. If you please. Um, tune in next week. It'll be already Saturday again. Yep, and sorry we didn't have time for Prince Philip this week. He'll be, that interview will be on next week. Great, thank you. Bye. Bye.